Well, hello, hello. How are you doing, friend? I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. And whether you've been hanging out with me for a while or whether you've just found this podcast, I'm so thrilled that you've landed here. I'm Kim, personal trainer, and I started this show because I know what a sticking point movement or exercise can be for people, women especially. It's this thing like we know we should do, but we just struggle so much to feel motivated to do it. And it just makes me sad. I mean, not just because women are missing out on all the amazing health benefits that come from having a regular movement practice, like improved mental well-being, better energy, better sleep, improved strength and mobility, and on and on, but because it doesn't have to be that way. Movement can and should be joyful, and when we enjoy it, we're a lot more likely to feel motivated to do it. And then we can experience all those other great benefits with ease. So that's what this whole show is about. I want to help women break free from the motivation struggle and find movement that's fun and feels good for them so they can stop relying on willpower and have that consistent movement practice they desire. Now, if you've been hanging out with me for a while, you'll know that I talk a lot about diet culture or fitness culture. The two are really intertwined. Fitness is just so body-centric, like everything's all about weight, measurements, body fat percentage. And even though we're aware that there are so many other benefits to movement, we really internalize the message that these appearance-related metrics are how we determine if we're on the right track, making progress or improving our health. And here's why that's a problem, because it can go one of two ways. It can either make us become very obsessed with movement, trying really hard to achieve or maintain our body goals, or it can keep us stuck in inactivity because we feel hopeless that we'll never achieve that, quote, healthy body. So why bother? Neither one of these extremes is healthy. We talked a couple weeks ago here about the all or nothing mindset. That's episode 24 if you haven't listened to it yet. And that's really what's at the root of all this. This weight-centric messaging tells us that we have to do it right, we have to do it hard, and we have to constantly be trying to achieve the perfect, fit, thin ideal. And if we don't, then we're doing it wrong and we're a failure. And not only that, but how we move needs to be structured and balanced. In other words, it needs to be a real workout in a gym or following a trainer. And though that's such a common belief, let me remind you that Gyms are a modern day invention. No one ever worked out in a gym 40 years ago, maybe just bodybuilders, but certainly not the average person, especially women. And that's because we don't need exercise. We just need movement. And there's no right or wrong way to do it, despite what diet culture has led you to believe. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with working out in a gym or with a trainer. I still train people in a gym myself, and, and I happen to really like lifting weights and moving my body through like a typical workout. What I'm saying is believing that this is the only or correct way to move your body in order to be healthy is complete BS. And the weight-centric diet culture messaging around working out can be intimidating and off-putting to those who've had a long history with dieting or who've had negative experiences in gyms. It's keeping people who don't enjoy that type of activity stuck. And it's such a shame. I meet women all the time who say to me, I just can't grasp this idea of joyful movement. I can't think of any exercise I'd enjoy. 
and you're about to meet a client of mine today who's had this exact struggle. Kathy never identified as an athletic type. She always thought she was more of a book person. But as you'll hear, she was living under the assumption that exercise or movement had to look like structured sports or working out in a gym. Have a listen to my interview with Kathy to hear how this was keeping her stuck and how through thought work, she was able to get to the root of her struggles with movement. And spoiler alert, it wasn't actually about the movement itself. Here's Kathy. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining me here on the Joyful Movement show today. I'm so excited to welcome you and have you share your story of transformation with my audience. So welcome and thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kim. Pleasure. Well, why don't you get us started by just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in this whole non-diet approach to movement and food? Yeah, so I am. I'm Kathy and I live here in Southern California and I've just uh, I go back and forth between getting on an exercise kick but then I wouldn't stick with it if something happens or something so you know just knocks me off my routine and I just started listening to some podcasts I had this really horrible commute and the only way I could make it bearable was to listen to to podcasts and I started listening to um, a podcast where they talk a lot about intuitive eating and on and diet culture and just being able to see that and it really opened my eyes and got me thinking about it. So I'm like, you know, the logical analytical person. So I had to get the book Health at Every Size and I read that and then I read Intuitive Eating and I just totally got behind it and believe it and understood it. So I, that's how I got started on it. Amazing. So can you describe for me what your relationship with food and movement looked like, um, you know, specifically before we met? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was one of those people who says, well, I don't, I don't diet because I never jumped on, you know, the whole 30 or Atkins or any of those types of diet plans or programs. And so, um, you know, I didn't think that I didn't think that I would diet it, but then I was like, okay, then why am I coming home and eating a pint of ice cream it's just like the behaviors were there and I just didn't think of them as dieting behaviors but having done more work and understanding that I think I definitely you know I ate I washed what I ate I had was that that food tracker my fit, fitness pal I think <laughs> and so I was logging all my food and mm. you know I was really doing all these things that were really diet behavior but in my mind, they weren't diet. And I, and then when I looking back, I'm like, I think I was always on that path, like of thinking I needed to lose weight, even when I was, you know, in my early twenties and I was tiny and I'm not that tall. So, I mean, when I say tiny, it's that stature as well. And so I just, um, you know, but I was always trying to, I always thought when I was out of shape, I thought, well, I should get in shape. And then when I was in shape, oh, that was good, but I had to keep it up. And so there's all this, all this like confusion, I guess, about what I thought I should be doing, what I needed to be doing. Right. So kind of always focused on maintaining a certain size, right? Whether you identified as a dieter or not, like your, your behaviors around food and movement were definitely focused on trying to attain some sort of body goal. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. I remember when we first met our very first conversation and you said, 
I just feel so stuck. Like I can't think of one type of movement I'd enjoy. Like I used to work out and it was great, but you know, life got in the way and I kind of backed away from that. And now I can't think of anything I'd enjoy. Like, I guess I'm just not an athletic person. Yeah. And that stems for, I think I have a twin and, um, and I think, well, I think any siblings get this, but I think with twins, maybe it's even stronger. It's like, well, she was the athletic one. I was not the athletic one. And I just, so yeah, I just couldn't see that I really enjoyed movement because in my mind it's like, well, I'm just not an active person. It's not my nat nature. I would rather read a book and, you know, these kinds of things as if it was a choice. Like I could either, I was either athletic or not, or not a choice, but like, you know, there were two, two kinds of people in the world, athletic people and, and readers. <laughs> and so and that came that was reinforced with my family and uh not by my sister but just by my family my parents and just that sort of sense of, of okay well you know she's the athletic one and you're not and um and that was yeah I'm mean, looking back it's so silly because I I was a baton twirler and I spent 10 15 hours a week practicing so it's like well that doesn't sound like someone who's not athletic you're right so you were yeah. definitely falling into some thought error traps even yeah exactly yeah. how did how did you feel about yourself when you believed those thoughts i guess i'm just not an athletic person how did that make you feel about yourself um well some part of it was an excuse to not exercise to not move mm. my body and mm. to and like to be okay with that because I was like oh well I'm just not a healthy person but it also made me feel like I was in the wrong like there was something about me that wasn't working or that wasn't right like you're I'm supposed to be an active athletic person if I want to be healthy right. and so therefore I wasn't healthy and I wasn't um you know, I wasn't in shape and that was bad. Like I I should want to be in shape. I should be more active. Lots of shoulds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, I see a lot of shoulds in my work. How do you think that all those shoulds that you're saying to yourself were affecting your motivation levels? Um, that's never very motivating. <laughs> what yeah. I don't think I want to do, you know, it was always like a chore, right? It's the thing I thought, well, I should do this, so I will make myself do this. Or if I didn't do it, I would be like, yeah, I'm lazy or, you know, I say I want this, but I'm not putting my uh, money where my mouth is. I'm just, I'm not walking the walk. And so, um, which would just make me feel more, more, worse about myself. And like, it reinforced that, well, you know, I just don't like to move. And so I, it's okay if I don't force myself, but I really should force myself. So this was like negative spiral, right? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you needed to force yourself to move? Like, what do you think was at the root of all of these shoulds? I think the root was that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I was just, yeah, I'm not made the way other people are made. And then that's, and that's wrong. Like I should be different. I that So yeah, that there's something just wrong with me in general. Yeah. Okay. So. What opinions did you hold about exercise that made you think that it was you and not the movement itself? I think that I thought 
to, you know, I should be, I should be like my sister or like other people that I've seen who are active and I should want to be playing soccer and going on hikes and going, jumping in the waves at the beach. And I should be doing all of these things. And so um, the fact that I wasn't doing all these things that other people like to do, then they're, yes, that made something wrong with me versus other people. So is that, does that answer your question? Yeah. So kind of falling into the trap that there's a certain way that movement needs to look in order to get it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I should want to be jogging or I should want to go to the gym and, or work out. And so, yeah, so there must be something wrong with me since I don't want those things. Mm -hmm. How did that affect your body image thinking there's something so wrong with you? Um, it made it really hard to like my body if I wasn't what I thought it should be like fit and, and trim and thin. And, you know, I think too, I'd always pictured myself as I am petite by, you know, definition, I'm five feet tall. So, um, but I think that just had really become my whole identity. Like I thought, okay, I need to be small and I need to be thin and petite because that's who I am. And even if it wasn't conscious, it was definitely there. Like that whole, um, you know, I always like my whole life, I've been trying to keep up with people. And so I think that was just, uh, it reinforced that belief too. Like I, I should, you know, there's something wrong with me because I can't keep up. And, you know, it's not something that something was wrong. It's just like half the size of other people. Yeah. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm hearing you say like, there's, there's a body ideal that you identified with and you felt like movement or exercise was the way to achieve this ideal. And yet you didn't like it at all. So therefore you, you must be entirely broken because one, you're not, you're not fitting the ideal of the body that you think you're supposed to have. And two, you don't like what you'd have to do to get there. So you are completely broken. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's a pretty desperate place to be in. Yeah. So you're not there anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> How did you begin to change your mindset about your body and movement and food and health and yourself. Like we can break those down one by one, but how did your whole mindset begin to change? Um, well, I think it started when I was doing intuitive eating on my own and I was reading the book and, and so I started doing the, the, the workbook and stuff. And so it was starting to change, but I felt like I was really stuck on the movement piece uh, because I just had told myself for so long that, you know, I didn't like to move. And so I think working with you, I thought I started to question that belief. Like it seemed so true because I thought about it for so long. I thought about it about myself that way for so long and had been reinforced by people around me as well for so long. And so when I started to just question that or one thing I learned from you that was so helpful too is like, even if that's true, how is that thought helping or how is it serving me? And to me, that was just so powerful because it really was like, okay, fine. That's what you believe, but you're, what if you just, you know, don't accept it? What if you just act anyway? You know, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to act on that belief just because you think it's true. If it's not helpful, then it's not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's an important distinction to make. Like just because we, we have these thoughts that run through our mind and even if they 
play a lot in our mind. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're true, right? Thoughts are they're just sentences. And some of these sentences get played a lot and we attach a lot of value to them and we believe them. But it is important to to question them because they're not inherently true. And as you say, you know, you thought you didn't like movement. You thought you weren't naturally athletic. But when you started exploring that a little bit, here you've come to find, well, no, I'm I'm a baton twirler. I walk my dogs every day for how how you do a lot of walking, right? Like I do. I used to walk my girls to school every day when they were at the elementary school down the street. Um, you know, so yeah. So I'm like, and then I used to ride the bike with them in the bike trailer and I would bike them to school to in the morning. I'm like, well, that's not an non-active person. Like, you know, I'm choosing to do that, right? And so yeah. and I guess it's the lawyer in me too. I started to gather the evidence so that that supported that or didn't support that belief and, and that supported a, a different belief in myself. And yeah. And then I think like when we pick this all apart and we really do look at the evidence, it's like, is it true that you hate movement? Because it seems like you do an awful lot of it for somebody who yeah. hates it. But I think what was going on is you just had a belief that movement needed to look a certain way to be right. And that way needed to be, you know, in a gym, doing weights, doing cardio with the objective of shrinking your body. Am I right about that? Yeah, definitely. I think that that's what one of the things that really held me back because I just really believed that, you know, like the walking and the bike riding and things like that don't didn't count. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that whole mentality of like, if you didn't sweat, it didn't count. Or if you weren't sore, it wasn't effective, right? But those, again, are all just thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, too, it's like, yeah, again, I the powerful for me is not just gathering the evidence, but also saying, like, even if it's true, and I'm not saying it is, does it help? Is it is it? does it make you feel good about yourself? And it's like, well, no. So then maybe just find something else that you can think about and think about yourself and another belief that, that could also might be true. Yeah. So what new thought system did you start to implement that made you feel a little bit better about yourself and motivated you towards the goals you had? Yeah, I think the the self-coaching model and the whole idea that our, the, or the realization, I should say, that our thoughts are are just our thoughts and that we actually have the power to choose our thoughts mm-hmm. and interrupt our thoughts. And that was something, you know, I've I'd, I've done meditation and mindfulness before, but I hadn't um, really internalized it and been able to and put it into practice in a, in a practical way. I, I first learned about the self-coaching model about a year ago from another woman who um, does it more for entrepreneurs and that's her coaching model. But it you know, the whole idea at first that like, oh, well, you can just choose a new thought. And I was like, okay, but, but I can choose the, but what if it's like my body or my mind in my mind, it's not true. Like that's not really going to be um, helpful. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that talk, uh, talk about manifesting and, and, you know, putting out the positive thoughts and beliefs. And I'm not saying I'm not knocking that. It doesn't, um, you know, it works for people and I'm all about whatever nurtures you is, is good for you. But for me, it was like, I just don't think I can, it's, it can't be that easy. I don't just have to think a new thought of like, oh, I love to exercise because my body, my mind is going to know I, at the time that I don't really believe that. So, sure. um, you know, so that's like, 
I can see myself in, you know, next year, I'm going to be this, look like this or feel like that. And, you know, but, but somewhere inside of me, I was doubting it. I wasn't believing it. So I'm like, okay, this is not working. And so the, uh, so that when I was first introduced to self-coaching, that was kind of where I was on that. But I'm like, well, I can't just change my thought. Like yeah, that just trying to positive think your way out of situations, right. coming up with all this dissonance. Yeah, and so, um, so when I started working with you, I realized, and then the thought ladder of like, okay, I don't have to come up with the polar opposite thought. Uh, like that's not that's not going to work because my body knows, my mind, my brain knows it's yeah. not it's not really what I believe. And so, um, but the what might be true, what might be possible, and stepping that back and thinking of a thought like that it opens up my the scope for possibility right because it's like okay well what else might be true and and it, so that it allows me to get curious and like i always say curiosity um keeps you away from ju- uh, from judgment you can't be curious and judgment at the same judgmental at the same time and so i think i started to be more aware of my thoughts, be less judgmental about them and consider like what else might be true and, and use those thoughts to, to go forward. So you made reference to the thought ladder, which is, which is a tool we use inside of right body for me, which is basically, like you say, it's not choosing the polar opposite of the thought that's not working for you. Like, you know, there's no movement that I would enjoy is the bottom of the ladder and my body loves to move might be the top. We're looking to just create a thought that's one step above where you're at now that moves you in the direction you want to go. And often those those thoughts start with, I'm learning to, or it's possible that, um, or uh, other people have experienced such and such. So give me an example of your thought ladder thought that helped you move towards the possibility of movement being enjoyable for you. Yeah, I think the the what's po- what else might be true or it's possible that this is true that those are the two that I use, usually go to when I'm doing a thought ladder so it's it's like it's possible that I enjoy movement or and and even more it's like there's it's possible that there's a movement a movement a type of movement that I enjoy yeah, and that I've not even explored yet. Right, exactly. And so that I guess that that, that triggers that curiosity and keeps judgment at bay so I can be curious like okay well I'm going to explore some different kinds of movement and find one that works for me that I enjoy yeah or even it's possible that I can engage with with movement without the expectation that my body needs to change yeah definitely well that I can see the other benefits to moving my body that make me feel great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think like it's I, I I had really thought about why why did I want to move was it was it just to change my body or could were there other reasons that that might also be could be uh, motivating for movement it's besides uh, wanting to change my body it's like well I want to be able to do whatever I want like I want to be able to again I don't like to say keeping up because that sounds a little judgy but that's sort of the the idea is I want to be able to have fun and play with the people that I love and and want to be with and I don't want my physical fitness to get in uh, or lack of physical fitness to get in the way of being out out on the water at the beach or on the ski slope or whatever it is that I want to do and so or even just going for a long walk or a hike I want to be able to do that so it's so those were focusing more on the benefits Mm -hmm. uh, 
that meant something to me yeah. more than the, ben the quote benefit of looking a certain way. Yeah. And that's, that really speaks to those motivating factors and you hit it right on the head, right? When we, science is very clear that when we focus on body goals, weight loss, or our appearance, we're always going to come up short and struggle with motivation. But when you can focus on what else you stand to gain by moving, right? Like, how does this improve my life? What can I enjoy out of this? How, how do I feel empowered? What choices are available to me? That's a lot more motivating. So let me ask you then, you, now you've got a whole new way of thinking about movement. What's changed for you as a result? I have a lot more confidence in my, in my body and I have a lot more confidence and security in saying, um, yeah, you know what? I don't really feel like going for a walk right now, or I do want to go for more walks and I don't, it's not this big ordeal, big decision. I feel like I'm making, it's like, okay, no, I just feel like going for a walk. So I'll go for a walk and there doesn't have to be any, um, particular reason for it. You know, I can just do it. And so I think I've noticed that I'm definitely more open mm -hmm. to even to things that I enjoy. And I feel like I used to be really felt like people were trying to get me to go on walks or do things because they thought there was something wrong with me. And so that, that would just kicks up my inner rebel in my stubborn side. And it's like, well, I'm not going to do this because you think I should. You know, I want to do it because I want to do it and not because I think I should either. So, um, so that definitely has changed. I, it's kind of the cutting off your nose to spite your face thing, right? Like, <laughs> no, now I'm like, no, yeah, that does sound nice. And I'm just more, more confident in what I want to do and how I want to, what, what, how I want to show up. I'm so glad you brought up confidence because I think when, when people come to me with goals and often they come with a weight loss goal. And when we dig into that, well, what, why do you want to lose weight? Like, what do you think will happen when you lose weight? Well, I'll feel more confident. And here you have described that as the biggest thing that's changed for you as a result of the new way that you're thinking, the new way that you're engaging with food and movement. Has your body changed? No. Mm -mm. So it just goes to prove that it, it really has nothing to do with the size of your body. Confidence yeah. is purely a product of what's going on in your mindset. Yeah, exactly. And I think like when we first started working together, um, it seemed like such a stretch to be able to say, I can be confident in this body right now. Like in this, and now I just, even in the last few days or a week or so, I've, I've been able to do that. I've been able to and believe it and just not even, wow, not even have an effort to believe, like not effortly, uh, not making an effort to change my mind. Like just, it's just natural. I just find myself thinking that like, I'm, I'm taking care of my body and I'm just doing that. Like there's no ulterior motive really. So that's been huge. And I, yeah. And I just do feel more confident. I think it's been, like I said, just last maybe week or so that that I really felt like, yeah, no, this, this is good. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. My body's fine. I'm doing all these other things. It's all yeah. good. Cause every day you're taking action that's in line with chasing this feeling and it's, and it's working. That's amazing. I am, I am feeling very inspired hearing you, hearing you share that. I was going to ask you what's been your biggest win 
since starting this work, would you say that's it? Or is there something else that's even more in the <laughs> <laughs> Um, No, I mean, just I've definitely upped my skill and my ability to interrupt my thoughts. So that's been really helpful. And that's something I've noticed a lot more. And I'm, but like I said, it's almost more like just it's become more natural for me to think that, um, to choose and, and believe different thoughts. Like it's just, now I, you know, so it's that confidence in my body that I just have without having to make an effort to get it. And so that's been the biggest win. Yeah. That's huge. I love it. Is there anything else that's on your heart to share before we sign off today? I can't think of anything. I just want to thank you, Kim. I mean, I've learned so much. And and like I said, I, I had been introduced to the self-coaching model before, but um, it had, it just wasn't as powerful for me and now working with you I'm like oh okay I see how this works and I believe how it works and um yeah and it does work and I've experienced it so yeah that's been that's been great oh well good I'm I'm very thankful that you shared that and I mean it's it's my truly joy and honor to support that and I think it it just speaks to having that that person holds you accountable. Like there's only so much we can, we can get from, from the books. Like they take us so far and and the podcasts and things like that, but having a person to help you see what you, what you're blocked by, you know, what you can't see in yourself. We all need that. We all need somebody to, to gently poke holes into, to what we think is working and help us see below the surface. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's truly, it's truly an honor. And I can, I can say with, sincerity that it's been just such a joy watching this transformation in you going from this person who felt so stuck and like I I can't even think of why I would want to move my body to now engaging in movement on a regular basis feeling confident in your body and not feeling any need to change who you are like is there any greater transformation that can happen I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So I'm really proud of you and the work that you've put forward. And thank you so much for sharing your story with my audience. I know that they will find it very inspirational. Oh, thank you, Kim. It's been a pleasure. Well, did that give you any food for thought? It's so inspiring to me to hear how Kathy's whole mindset about movement and her body have changed by doing this thought work. When it comes down to it, her struggles with movement weren't actually about exercise. It was about her body image. She was holding on to this belief that her body wasn't good enough and she had to lose weight and exercising in a gym was the only way to do it. But no matter how hard she tried, she just couldn't feel better about exercise by forcing herself to do it. She just kept on feeling inadequate and kept perpetuating the belief that something was wrong with her. She had to change her thoughts about her body and herself. Thought work is where it's at, friends. Trying new things, trying new programs, getting a new trainer, employing willpower, it's backwards. The only way to feel better in your body is to work on your thoughts. And at the heart of all our struggles with movement and food for that matter too, is usually a negative body image. And that's what we work on inside Right Body For Me, my four-month body acceptance coaching program. We dig deep into those thoughts that are keeping you stuck. And like you can see, listening to Kathy, the transformation is incredible. And she's just one story of success. You can read about lots more on my website or social media. With that said, the doors are closing for the next round of participants. We begin a new cohort May 11th. So if you're wanting to finally get unstuck 
and do the work of accepting your now body, shoot me a message ASAP to inquire about getting started. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and Kathy today. I hope you found her story inspiring. As always, I welcome your comments and questions, so don't hesitate to reach out. And if you found this episode helpful, I'd love it if you shared it or left a review to help spread the word about joyful movement and body acceptance. I'll see you back here next week. And in the meantime, you can stay connected on social media. I'm at Radiant Vitality Wellness on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can learn how to work with me on my website, which is www.radiantvitality.ca. Bye for now, friends, and here's to your Radiant Vitality. Thank mm-hmm. you.